Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine. (laughs) I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Welcome, sacred members of the Iron Violin Society. And also November cunts who are listening to it, having not forked out. Fuck you. Yeah. Royally. We are in, uh, this is part four. You're joking, part four already, didn't it fly by? Done it just. Um, But, you know, he's already at Nottingham Forest. He's he's just about to go on his first trip with the Irish squad, his first hookup. And he, uh, as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, he talks about Morris Setters, who was Jack Charlton's number two. And he he, he dismisses Setters, fucking... A couple of sentences, basically. Yeah, didn't like him. Apart from a few cliches about having a go and putting them under pressure, setters had very little to say. The setup didn't impress me. I smelt bullshit. <laughs> can smell bullshit. What's that smell? What is it? It's bullshit. It's That's bullshit. what it is. It's another one of my famous rhetorical questions. It's pure grade bullshit. <laughs> it seems to be fucking everywhere. I go. He doesn't really explain what he means. He just goes, I smell bullshit. I don't know what that means. Mm. I went away with the mm. island under-21s. Yeah. Oh, how was it, Roy? I smelled bullshit. <laughs> but he doesn't clarify what that is, but whatever. I'm like, I think he's just... He's, he was unimpressed. He's taught there, but they're having a go and putting them under pressure. It's all yeah, cliches. Loads of cliches. Yeah. Not, he's winging it, this No bloke. actual tactical kind of awareness. Yeah. He says, life was intox- intoxicating at this point. Mm. Uh, I tried hard not to get carried away, but every day was a buzz as I experienced each new situation for the first time. A bit like me and you doing these podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Being really recognised in the street quite a yeah. lot. Intoxicating. We often use that word. We talk to each other. We go, we feel, how was your day? Yeah, intoxicating. I go home. Missy says, how was your day? I, I was intoxicated. Yeah. By what? Doing some podcasts with yeah. Andy. In my case, intoxicated usually with the drink. With beer, yeah. yeah. Well, you've got double intoxication then. Podcast uh, intoxication and also lager intoxication, intoxication, which is the win double. Intoxication squared. You don't know which one's winning. Uh, he t- I like it where he talks about, he goes, uh, reaction to my Irishness amused me. <laughs> the Irish Tourist Board marketed um, Ireland as a land of green fields and mountains full of happy Guinness-drinking folk who love to fish. When I explained to new acquaintances that I neither drank Guinness nor fish, they were surprised. I came from Urban Island, the part that doesn't feature in tourist brochures. Therefore, Nottingham was in more aspects like home. It's kind of talked about um, Cork being a, an independent, Again, republican. He's very much more a Cork man than an Irish man. Yeah, and it's, I respect it's like a that. Scousers talk about Liverpool, isn't it, as being an independent... 
Do you feel? Steered. Do you feel more of a Sunderland man than an English man? Um, I feel as though I am a, a, a citizen of the world. Yeah, you are. Sam. That's how I see uh, you. I choose to spend most of my time in Sunderland. Coming down to London now and again to do these podcasts with you. Yeah, but, but um, you don't enjoy to, the trips here much. No, not at all. But to me, the world is my playground. You're very much like a our generation's Michael Palin. Yeah, but without going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, but you you sort of t- help take pe- people places with your words. <laughs> I do, yeah. Places of intoxication, yeah. you could say. Yeah. And lager. Well, anyway, Roy loves cork. This isn't about me. No, it's not. This isn't the Dawson Odyssey. That no. will come no, in it time. No, will, yeah. Um, <laughs> Brian Clough let him go home when he got homesick, and he goes... Um, it was really nice of him. He was sensitive to the fact that, you know, I, I wanted to go home. So after a win, he'd usually say, go go home, come back on Thursday, which is incredible, isn't it? So after a win on a Saturday, he'd go, Gaffer, can I have a few days home leave? Mm. And he wouldn't say, yeah, go and come back, report, but go and have Sunday at home, report back for training on Monday. Yeah. He'd go, come back on Thursday. Yeah. So it'd be like, you'd be, you'd go, that's a nice long trip. Yeah. And then you'll be back just like two days before the game, Different the next times. week's game. He goes, if I've conveyed the impression of myself as a model pro, it's not quite the complete story. In truth, I abuse Clough's generosity. Um, developing a routine for these home visits, which varies significantly from the textbook, and he uses caps here, how to fulfil your promise and make it to the top of the professional game. Don't he, he's written that. He ba- yeah. <laughs> That's this. What if you're using big letters as well as Business smile jargon. Ones? What's this all about? This nonsense. Um, Have you got this from some kind of fucking PowerPoint presentation, don't we? <laughs> Write it like I told you it. I used to get home and go straight hand the lash. <laughs> beyond my, beyond, boy, by my success, I'd head off to Cork on a Saturday night with a few quid in my pocket and a profound sense of well-being in my heart. That is lovely. Now, that is Dumpy or, or Roy Keane <clears throat> yeah. or the two of them together. That is a lovely bit of prose, that, because just by reading it... yeah. I feel a sort of a sense of that that feeling yeah. that you've had. I don't know how many times you've had it in your life. I can remember at most half a dozen times in my yeah. life where I have literally had not one trouble and everything felt optimistic. In the words of um, bearded singer Joe Fagan, not mm. the Liverpool manager, no. uh, that's living all right. <laughs> yes. When you just think, fucking great. And he's singing, I've yeah. just fucking, I'm playing for Nottingham Forest. They're paying me big money. We've just won a game. And I'm back home with all of my old mates from when I was kids and my brothers. And we're going out on on the the fucking piss. Brilliant. I think me and you will get that feeling after we've recorded this episode and we and we wander off down the street. Well, it is a Friday. Possibly kicking our heels in the air. I do that. Yeah. Are you um, a keen uh, fan of the film Pinocchio? Uh, I'm not a hater of Pinocchio. Well, when was the last time you saw it? Oh, long time ago. Mate, do yourself a, a favour. Do yourself a favour <laughs> and get Pinocchio out because I think it's one of the funniest films of all time. Right. And it, the 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 funniest people in it, and pretty much everyone in it's funny, are the two fucking con men. One's a fox and the other one's a little dog. Right. And they're the ones who con Pinocchio right. into... I think, I think what they do is they trick him and then sell him to a uh, to some sort of nonce. An evil toy maker or something like that. It's, well, first they sell him to a circus. 
bastards. And then after that, they do a deal with effectively a nonce who takes him off to some <laughs> nonce island. It's, it's disgusting. I don't remember this. But that's not the funny bit. Oh, it's terrifying. <clears throat> but the thing is, they're larger than life. And when right. they were, he's the one who sings the fox. He's like a withnail type character. He's a, he's a larger than life. It's loose, is he? Very loose actor. Yeah. And when you first see him, he's strolling along the street in his fancy dang clothes, swinging a pocket watch. And, and he it's his song. Hey, diddly dee, an actor's oh, life for right. me. That's his song. That's from that. And he's doing all the kicking his heels together. And yeah. his, his mate. Recommended that. His mate do- is a dog and he's like sort of a buffoon. Right. But they're both full of joy in their yeah. hearts. And they've got no worries at all. They're happy with their lives as travelling con men, shysters yeah. and out of work actors. Like Roy Keane. And it's sort of... Roy Keane. I know this is a tangent, but I would say to everyone, watch... Watch Pinocchio again soon and look out for these pair of cuts. I, I remember when Top Flight Time Machine began, it was very much focused on uh, <laughs> the Premier League years. Now it seems to have developed into a series of deep dives into Disney cartoons. Uh, well, I'll wait till I get onto Snow White. I'll leave that for another episode. <laughs> We're going to be putting out like, what, four episodes a day? Yeah, I, I would do categories. a deep dive into Snow White, Pinocchio. <clears throat> I've done. I think I did Pocahontas on this show recently, yeah. and then of course Beauty and the Beast. What's the matter, Beast? Too tired to fight? Got some great <laughs> okay. lines in it. That okay, movie. So, yeah, okay. all right. Let's w- get on with w- the book. It in. There's a lovely bit carrying on from that that feeling he's got of everything being fantastic. Um, shortly afterwards, Brian Clough calls me into his office. The terms of my contract meant I was entitled to a club car. Oh yeah. Irishman, take these, he said, tossing me a set of car keys across his desk. Look after it. The car was a Ford Arai and brand new. I was thrilled. This was another sign of progress, proof that the last six months hadn't been a dream. I looked after my car like a baby. Every Sunday I washed it. Frequently I went for a drive with no particular destination in Sometimes mind. Sometimes I'd tickle it and blow a raspberry on the bonnet. You know, like you do with the wheels. <laughs> one time I pulled over in the field and I toyed with the idea of giving it one. <laughs> Not that you do that to a baby, of course, but this was a different feeling. There's a fella, a picture of a fella on the internet doing that, but it's a the, the very different kind of scene to what I was in. It was very much romantic and tender. <laughs> Whereas the fella on the internet just banging away at it. Horrible. Like it's a piece of meat, <laughs> piece of metal meat. You shouldn't cheat a car like that. Right. And he says... It was a Ford um, Orion. Yeah, Ford Orion. He used to go for a, a, desti- a drive with no particular destination in mind just to get a buzz from my new wheels. We've all done that, haven't we? Yeah, just when I read that again, off. I found that very evocative, that line, because mm. I thought, especially the first few cars I owned when I was younger, mm. you would just wake up sometimes and think, fuck, I've got a car. I'm yeah. just going to go out driving. <laughs> yeah. I used to, when I was a student, I got my first car right old banger, and I used to just go up to the South Downs driving around. Listening to loud music. With a cassette on. Yeah. Really, for a mixtape that I'd made. Fucking full volume in the Citroen AX. Yeah. Fucking burning through the South Downs, which are beautiful. What I think, That's one Filling of the moments. Filling it pollution. Remember that that's one of the half dozen moments that I referred to earlier where I felt truly, like, just happy. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. But then everything changes very quickly. An FA yeah. Cup tie against Crystal Palace. Um, a replay at the City Ground. We were 2-1 up when I underhit a back pass to Mark Crossley with disastrous <laughs> consequences. Mark managed to hook the ball clear, but only to John Solaco, who chipped him from 50 yards. 2-2. Fuck. So, a week ago, Clough's given him the keys to a car. Now... When I walked into the dressing room after the game, Clough punched me straight in the face. 
<laughs> Fucking grip. Don't pass the ball back to the goalkeeper, he screamed as I lay on the floor, him standing over me. I was hurt and shocked, too shocked to do anything but nod my head in agreement. My honeymoon with Clough and professional football was over. Welcome to hell, <laughs> I thought. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. This is quite a famous incident, of course, but the way that he describes it is very keenish because it's yeah. kind of like, you expect a whole chapter to be devoted to the incident where Brian Clough punched him. But he's just like, yeah, he punched me and that yeah, was that. that was that, yeah. That was that. I took it, took it like a man. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hold this against him. It was, he goes, what about being knocked down by Clough was part of my learning curve. Excellent. Dunphy, what in the name of fuck is a learning curve? Oh. <laughs> uh. And then he says, I didn't hold this against him. He never said sorry, but the following week I was given a few days off to go home to Cork. <laughs> go it's home, like a, Irishman. <clears throat> Think over what happened. It's just, it, Clough's management style is just a campaign of confusion and terror, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, brilliant. I'll give you a car, then I'll punch you in the face, then I'll send you home for a week. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see how you react to that, Irishman. <laughs> And he oh, talks God. about Stuart Pearce being an amazing leader, blah, blah. It's all shit we've heard before. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and he, he just goes into a lot of detail about their cup run um, and how, you know, it was a good team because he goes, you know, it's um, Stuart. On the one hand, they've got Stuart Pearce, Des Walker and Steve Hodge, three incredible seasoned pros. Yeah. But then they've got the likes of him, Nigel Jempson, Crosby, and other youngsters. Steve Chettle. And not Nigel Clough, who, of yeah. course, was a... He was a Rolls-Royce of a player, wasn't he? Nigel he Clough. And so... I think you, Manchester City fans agree with that. They did, despise him, I think. Did he end up there? Yeah. I don't remember that. Well, there you go. I remember he, he, volumes, he, he went it? to Liverpool. Yeah. And he was a huge signing for them. But he had struggles with his fitness. But <clears> he, was a, he was a great player. He was sort of a ball player, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it was good. And... Uh, he talks about that, but then he gets he's they're, they're playing Barnsley in the Zenith Data Systems Cup. Ooh. Oh, nostalgia! Remember what's, that? What's that now? Would that be the Checker Trade Trophy now? I don't know. I don't know. I've lo- completely lost track of all these caps and the way they've changed names. Well, this over is this the years. is a top flight team, isn't it? Playing in that, not enough for us. So, whereas now the Checker Trade is League One and below. Yeah, so it was different. Uh, no, no third cup exists anymore. This was still a hangover <clears> from. <throat> Our, our time out of Europe, the English club yeah, that's right. from Europe. Yeah. And so more cups emerged that top flight teams could play in. Yeah. So it didn't last. But the Zenith Data Systems Cup is very memorable to me. Anyway. I think had- we should do, sorry, I just interrupt that. I think we should probably try and do a, a special episode from the Zenith Data Systems HQ. Yeah. If we can get an in there. If anyone listening works for Zenith Data Systems or has a connection with them, Please get in touch. I've always We'd love to go and have a look around. It's always been my favourite data systems brand. Top five for me. Yeah, definitely. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. I think, you know, if it's a data system you're after, still... First thing in it, think of heritage. There's a, there's a heritage yeah. to it. There's yeah. new ones that will come and go, the modern trendy ones, yeah. but there is a heritage to Zenith. I think they've got that royal hallmark as well, like, you know, that by appointment to the Queen. Data says, systems um, yeah. to the Queen since 1642. Her, Her Majesty's official data, data systems data. partner. Where is my data? <laughs> Crank up the data system. I need to see some data on my people. <laughs> we shall call Zenith immediately, ma'am. Yes. They'll send one of the attaches over with, the, <laughs> with, with a printout with, with the machine. It'll be one of them ones where you tear it off, like we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, dot matrix. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good data. <laughs> Jalapeño. Anyway, this is the the thing. The reason we're talking about Zenith Data Systems Cup tie weight Barnes is that not, Brian Clough wanted Roy Keane to play in this game, which on the face of it seems not that important, but that's Cluffy for you. And the Irish Football Association said they wanted to call him up to for the first time to the senior squad, and uh, he told them he told Morris Price who was his old mate from the Irish Football Association. Sorry, mate, can't do it. Got to pay for Forrest against Barnsley in the Zenith data system. Ooh. And Morris Price said, well, Big Jack, that being Jack, Jack Charlton, Charlton, who at the time was like a god in Ireland off the back of their success in the 1990 World Cup yep. uh, and had revived soccer and made it a huge sport in, in Ireland. Uh, the message came back that if he didn't go, then he'd never be picked for Ireland again. Morris wow. says it took him just 30 seconds to work out in his brain how to respond to in that. In me noggin. Yeah. Are you, I, in I my dad, bread box. I thought this sounds like one to consult my brain over. So I... so I Took l- myself off to a wee corner. And I, and I thought, and it took me a 30-second meeting with the old brain. Like, like they do on Dragon's Den when they go talk to the wall, having to think. Listen, it was just, just like that uh, Ben Kingsley in that film, what do you call it now, Sexy Beast. I looked at myself <laughs> in the mirror and I said, did you hear what he's been saying? He, and I said back to myself, that's what he said, the cunt. Do you want me to start him out? Stick one on him. No, don't worry about that. But just tell him, you're playing for Forrest. They're the bastards paying your wages. So I said, they're paying my wages. I'm playing for Forrest. He called their bluff. And for a young man, he he was still in his first season. I said, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Then I did a wee tinkle on the carpet. And then I went back and I told Morris, no, I can't play. I'm sorry. But it's impressive because, you know, Jack Charlton, the god of Irish football. Yeah. Roy Keane's like, do you know what? Fuck it. Keane's uh, 19 my, or something. My, he's in played it, him. Yeah, he's in his first season. Power played him he already. He hasn't completed one full season as a professional. He's power played Jack Charlton, the, the godfather of Irish football. He doesn't give a fuck. Do you think that the fact that He's almost a bit anti-Irish because of his thing the about Dublin being... Thing. Co- yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he associates that with Dublin and yeah. he's a cork man. He thinks, do you know what? Fuck the Ireland team. Also, Jack Charlton's a Geordie. So yeah. there's probably a bit of that as well. Stick it up your fucking butt. It was the, the first time I thought of the line. Stick it up your butt, uh-huh. you Irish cunt. And I thought, yeah, stick it up your butt, you English cunt. I thought, I won't use it now. But I keep it in my back pocket. Because <laughs> you never know when a line like that might come in handy. Then, well, he battles his way through. So he does play in that. Then he continues his heroics in the in the FA Cup run of that season. Um, so he goes a bit into that. Oh, no, but then he there's talks the, about going back to Cork, doesn't there's, he? There's a little bit as well, just on the back of the, the Jack Charlton thing about the, the FA Cup tie. Um, on the way to Carrow Road to play Norwich. Oh, yeah. 
uh, our coach broke down. We had to walk the last three miles to the ground. Fucking hell. Brian Clough leading the way, much to the amusement of the Norwich fans. I bet. <laughs> Good job it was only Norwich they that's, were playing. You know, stuff like that, you wish that social media was around and camera phones and everything. I know. Because it because would be I, massive, wouldn't it? You, you, that would be so famous, but you've never heard of that until yeah. I read this. But that should be an, an extreme famous story. Can you imagine him walking? Yeah. Three three Le- miles is a fucking long walk. Yeah, and then you've got a football match to play at the end of it. Yeah. But didn't Mourinho walk to... Old Trafford or something a few months ago, but then that that somehow seems like an incredibly dull story. Whereas with Brian Clough doing it, yeah, it feels Brian glorious. Clough, because you imagine him leading them like a like a leader, like, like a, a, a commander leading being, troops like in full into metal battle. Jacket, he'd have yeah, been singing songs. You, you know his his chin would be jutted towards the sky as he yeah. marched. Uh, so that that was interesting. But then he goes back. He he scores. He scores in a cup tie, then he, he's pleased with himself. He asked Brian Clough for a few days' home leave. This was granted. See you on Friday, Irishman, was Clough's curt reply. That's a, he gets that a lot, doesn't he? He's getting weeks off here and there. All over the place. But that's the way Clough, Clough would have seen him and analysed him and thought, what do I need to do? What What is the ratio of carrot to stick that this young lad needs? Yeah. And he probably, being the shrewd man manager he was... He probably could see in Roy Keane this drive mm-hmm. and this will to win and this sort of professionalism that he thought, I don't have to worry too much about giving this guy a kick up the arse or keeping an eye on him yeah. because I know he sets his own standards, a bit like Stuart Pearce. So he goes, 24 hours later, I was sitting in the Temple Acre, which is his local boozer back home, with Dennis Johnson, John Rickon and Derek Butley. I'd read about my running with Big Jack. Um, and he told them, yeah, fuck it, I, don't, I couldn't really care less. And then they had a few Heinekens and went off into the city <clears> to the Sidetracks disco. This is when he gets into a few tracks. altercations into the town, in the town, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, he said it was quite poor in that part of Ireland at that time, and so his very presence around the city and the knowledge that he had a few quid in his pocket, as he puts it, and was riding high in England. Some people <coughs> reacted to that by giving him a pat on the back and saying, well done. Yeah. And other people <coughs> referred to him. He said, looking back, I can see how our gang with your man, Roy Keane. Yeah. That's how he was referred to. Your man, Roy Keane, in the middle, might have seemed provocative to some. And to be fair, me and you were getting a lot of that recently since we've started. Your the, man, Andy Darson. Since we've started the uh, the subscription thing. Your man Andy Dawson with the, with the man Sandalini. Uh, got yourself 800 subscribers to your podcast there, have you? Three pound. Getting... Three pound each. And now you're going around in your fur coats. I've done the and sums. And big fancy taxis. I've done the sums. That's a lot of money you're making in there. Do you know what you saw them? I saw them wearing a brand new pair of Converse boots each. <laughs> <laughs> Ones with the lights on the sides. Brand new. Dancing the, boots the, they, they are. They had the wheels. I don't know if it was Converse, but they had lights and wheels. And they, they were skidding along in the precinct. I saw them. <laughs> And the shiny floors, and they go wee, and they're making out like they're, they're two high, fellas from Chips. High remember fi- Chips? High fiving each other, they were. Yeah, laughing. Both of them with a fanter on the go, right, and it didn't the seem like their first fanter either. Pair of bastards. Yeah, we're getting a lot of that. So, um, yeah, he's he's in side tracks. One night after that Norwich game, we arrived in side tracks disco in flying form. We graduated to double Bacardi and Cokes, and it was my turn to get the drinks in. Uh, as I made my way back to our old table from the bar, hands full of drink, a guy appeared out of nowhere and smacked me in the face. <laughs> With the fucking Bacardis. Mate, that, that, Roy Constrict Keane. That. Roy, yeah, and also Roy Keane is very clear. Make sure, Dumphy, 
make sure you make it double clear that my hands were full of Bacardis and Cokes. <laughs> because I've already said what an amazing boxer I was. And there was no way they would have got a clean punch on Ard Roy. <laughs> they were trying to take my belts, but it wasn't fair. It wouldn't have been recognised by any of the boxing organisations. The WBO, the WBC. If you got drinks in your hand, it doesn't count, Dumpy. <laughs> Make sure you write that down. The drink crashed on the floor. The next thing I know, I'm fighting two guys. It was quite dark, so my mates didn't realise at first it was me in the middle of what was now an ugly scene. Luckily, one of them recognised my shirt. That's Roy. The two guys who attacked me got a right hammering. That Keane's dictated that bit, hasn't he? Put right hammering. Because that's what they got. Trust me. And were thrown out. The whole episode had a dreamlike quality to it. (laughs) (laughs) Not a nightmare. He liked it. Yeah. Sometimes I think back and I think I'm dreaming. It gives me a tingle to think about the way we gave those boys a hammering. I evoked the atmosphere in my mind again, like I had done when I was younger. It's the happiest memory of my life, giving them fellas a hammering there on that nightclub floor. It had a dreamlike quality, like something out of a movie. My shirt was ripped to pieces with blood all over it. Oh, it was lovely, so it was. Oh, it was great. Dripping in blood, I was. <laughs> the attack was totally unprovoked, although I had a hard time convincing people who subsequently heard that Roy Keane had been involved in a brawl. Fortunately, news of the incident didn't reach the newspapers. Again, no social media. Can you imagine yeah. an incident like that not getting in the papers these days? Unbelievable. Um, when I got home, my mum and dad were still up. Seeing the state of me, all they were capable of saying was, good night, was it? <laughs> I laughed and went to bed. <laughs> good parents. Yeah. Good though, isn't it? Because some parents would go mad or some parents would become hysterical worry. They've just looked him up and down and go, good night, was it, Roy? Yeah. Ha! And I just went like this. <laughs> and then I went to bed. <laughs> night, night. <laughs> Don't your business what kind of night it was. Anyway, good night now. He says, not for the last time I vowed to stay out of the city at night, but of course the following night there'd be more drink. And when we were steamed up again, there was nothing for it except another trip to town. Bloody great. Yeah, and more fights. Yeah. I was from Cork. I was enjoying myself, doing nothing wrong. If only life, my new life, were that simple. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, now, the opening of chapter three enraged me. Did it? Shall I read it or do you Please want do. To? I don't have it in front of me. Please do, Sam. Chapter 2 begins like this. Our FA Cup semi-final against West Ham at Villa Park turned out to be the easiest game of our cup run. After the opening 15 minutes when they had a go and hit the post, West Ham didn't have the bottle for oh, West it. West Ham, yeah, OK. Their cause wasn't helped when their centre-half Tony Gale was sent off after 20 minutes. But by then, we'd started winning the little battles all over the pitch in spite of it by strippers. What a profound rewriting of history that is. Because okay, tell us ev- what really happened. Everyone knows. This is like a matter of fact. Everyone knows what happened in that semi-final. West Ham, first of all, packed it out. It it was the fucking noisiest display by any fans in a cup semi-final ever. Right? For, I don't even know if Forrest had any fans in the ground. <laughs> and what happened was we were in the second division. They were in the first division. And it was a fucking good game. And we were, and yeah, they did go 1 0 up, but we were neck and neck. And uh, what happened was the, uh, I can't remember who, which player it was, but a Forest player went through and Tony Gale um, did tackle him mm. from behind and bring him down. Yeah. And there was quite clearly other defenders back. Right. Beyond Tony Gale. Yeah. So it was, it was a stone cold yellow car defence. Right. Straight red. The professional foul rule had just come in. So mm. at the time, 
refs felt under pressure to observe it. And Keith Hackett, who went on to be king referee of some description, I believe he still is, um, he's shown him the red. And from that fucking day, <laughs> Keith fucking Hackett is not welcome <laughs> to step foot in the East End of London. <laughs> the man is scum. I would go as far as to say he's sub-Paul Ince. Unconscionable scum. You put Paul Ince and Frank Lampard in a big cauldron, right, and make a soup out of the two of them. And that is not even anywhere near how low key back it is. Fucking hell. What a uh, So I think that is really ungracious. He goes, it wasn't help that he got sent off. It, the whole point was, it was an unjust red card. And it was a real shame because yeah. it ruined the game. And Forrest might have won anyway. So like I say, Forrest were a great team. We were a very good team at the time. But it was just heartbreaking to lose like that. And they ended up beating us 4-0 after that. I've got that. no recollection of it. But yeah, I'll take your word for All it. All true. Um, and he says, 12 months after my first meeting with Noel McCabe who, of course, was the scout who came and yep. spotted him in, in Ireland. I was heading for Wembley. Uh, but two weeks before the cup final, I did my ankle ligament in the league game at White Hart Lane. This was a serious blow. I was desperate to play against Spurs at Wembley. Of course, that infamous cup final where Gascoigne lost his fucking mind <laughs> in the first <laughs> 10 minutes and didn't even get so much as a yellow card for it. Yeah, well, there you go. But Keith Hackett had been running that match. Were, yeah, you should have had fucking Hackett doing the final, Gascoigne not the semi-final. would have gone, gone, got a red for the first challenge yeah. and he would be a different man. Um, I knew Forrest wouldn't play me unless I could prove my fitness. I was selected for a reserve match on the Monday night to establish if I was fit. I got through that game with my ankle strapped up just about. Um, on the Thursday, Brian Clough defied conventional wisdom by naming his Cup Final eleven two days before the <laughs> Classic game. Classic Clough. <laughs> yeah. Clough, uh, can you give us, Mr. Clough in the press conference, can you give us any indication as to what the, your selection thoughts are? At Number this one, time? Matt Crossley. <laughs> what, what's Number he two, doing? Gary what's Charles. Number three, Stuart. Write this down. Number three, Stuart Pierce. Bracket C. <laughs> Make sure you get the C in. No, it's not for Conch, young man. It is for Captain. <laughs> Although, if it were you, it would be Conch. Yeah, fucking hell, two days before the final, he's me team. This is and even that was bring. later, I was going to announce it as soon as we won the semi. Before <laughs> <laughs> he just announced it as soon as Keane came through his, his reserve match, yeah. he knew he was going to be fit, so Keane was in at the expense of England international Steve Hodge. Uh, that's enough for this episode, wow. because next time we're going to go into that FA Cup final day, when Roy um, got himself in a little bit of a tiz, oh, didn't he? He got much. himself in a little bit of a... Um, you know, his, his mind was scrambled. His mind was not on the game over, that day. It was people-pleasing he was trying to do, I wasn't know, it? He should have I been know. focused on the final. Yeah, you've got to look after yourself. Because, and I'll leave you with this thought, um, members of the Iron Violence Society, if you don't take care of yourself, then how can you possibly take care of others? Until next time, be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Keith Hackett, go fuck yourself. Yeah, and if Keith Hackett's listening... Look after yourself and keep them peeled is my advice. Know what I mean?
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.